0: In 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 2 today, uh, in uh, Deuteronomy 29, 29, uh, there's a very uh, important passage. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. You all know there's a lot of things that we don't know, and we're never going to know. Where did King get his wife? I don't know. I can guess, but... Uh, I know it was one of the children of Adam, whether a daughter or granddaughter or great-granddaughter, I cannot tell, but uh, I don't know. I know he had a wife, and I know she ultimately came from Adam. Uh, Well, only God knows the secret things. They belong to the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed, we have them in the scriptures, of course, those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever. Uh, why? Why do those things, why have they been revealed and why do they belong to us and our children forever? That we may do all the words of this law. God wrote a book for us and it's for our well being. Uh, both in the here and now, as well as in the world to come. In John 10 and 10, Jesus said, I have come that they may have life, that they may have it more abundantly, the best possible life that can be lived in flesh. The content of this book uh, reveals that information to us. And then as a bonus, there is eternal life that follows. Uh, God wrote a book and that's the reason he wrote it. It's sad to me, uh, there are so many believers in the world uh, professing their faith in the Son of God, and yet they don't see the importance of this book. Uh, They don't really study it, and they don't uh, analyze it, try to understand it. Uh, I've, I've had to study a lot of things in my lifetime, Uh, things that were important, reading, writing, and arithmetic, for example. are very important if you're gonna live in this world, but there's nothing as important as the Word of God. Uh, And as parents sometimes, I think we might forget that. We put emphasis on the importance of uh, school books, and rightly so, Uh, but don't see the same importance. Uh, placed upon God's word. And uh, that, of course, translates to the children that God's word isn't as important as things of this world. So, while it is important to have a secular education, it's most important to have a spiritual um, uh, education, to know God. I'm not gonna go into it again, I do this every time, but I I don't believe I could ever overemphasize the importance of a knowledge of God's word. So important. First Corinthians two, very brief outline. Divine versus human wisdom. This is what Paul's gonna talk about beginning of chapter one, verse 18, through chapter three, verse 23. Uh, Human wisdom uh, invades and troubles the church because of weak faith. Human wisdom isn't going to pollute Christians if they know the word of God, if they have a strong faith. Uh, however, uh, at Corinth, for example, strong faith wasn't, uh, wasn't there. It was more of a weak faith that the people had. Uh, and there's a, understandably so, I think, in, in many ways. Uh, they had Paul Bear with them for a year and a half teaching So they got a very good education, a foundational education, and and then some. But for most of the brethren at Corinth, their faith wasn't so strong. And because of that, uh, human wisdom, uh, let's call it the way of the world, uh, seeped into the church, into the minds and hearts of the Christian people. And they failed to understand the value of their relationship with Christ they understand the value of many many other things things pertaining to this world but not Christ and because of that uh, the church was in big trouble and this is why paul wrote uh, three letters at least three letters uh, to the church of Corinth uh, what we call first corinthians isn't first corinthians we know there was a letter written before what we call first corinthians so I don't know what to call it, the letter before, I guess. But there may have been more than that for all I know. And I know there's at least one. And so and this is the at least the second one Paul wrote to them. Uh, in verses 1 through 5, a uh, very, very brief outline. Uh, we These are the inspired men of God. We do not impart wisdom. That's not their intention. Verses 6 to 11, we do impart wisdom. It sounds like Paul's contradicting himself. He's not. He's talking about two different kinds of wisdom. We do not impart human wisdom. We do impart the wisdom of God, okay? Uh, There are two types of wisdom that we have at our disposal. One is the wisdom that men have concocted. The other is the wisdom that God gave us. Uh, Where do we put our emphasis, okay? And then verses 12 through 16, We've received the wisdom of God by means of the Holy Spirit. This is the one and only source of divine wisdom. That's something else that has to be pressed these days. Uh, There are so many people that are claiming that God speaks to them, that he tells them what they are to convey to the church that they're standing before. Uh, But that's a lie. God doesn't speak through them. Uh, Jude in uh, verse three of Jude, Jude refers to the fact that the faith was once for all delivered. It's done. It's finished. It's over. When John the apostle laid down his pencil on the on the Isle of Patmos in writing uh, one of the letters he wrote, I don't know which one was last. Uh, when he laid down that pencil that day that was it, that was the final revelation that would ever be given from heaven. It's not coming anymore. Uh, Some people say it will, it will not. Uh, we uh, We have at our disposal already all things that pertain to spiritual and godliness. Everything we could possibly need was given to us by the time John laid down his pencil for the last time, Uh, and God has never spoken to another person since that time. People claim he does, he does not. Well, how can you be so bold as to say he does not? Because he said he would not. I, I I got a choice I can make. I can believe God, who said he was not going to speak to anyone else, or I can believe some man who claims that God spoke to him. Now, who do you think I'm going to believe? And then we know one more thing that we keep in mind. If God spoke to me, for example, and I'm going to give you a message from God, what am I going to come in possession of when I give you that message? What else will God give me? He'd give me a miraculous gift. Isn't that the purpose of the miraculous gifts? To prove that the person that claimed to be speaking for God was in fact speaking for God? If God was going to speak to me to speak to you, he would give me some sort of power that would demonstrate to you that God did speak to me. I would be able to heal the sick. I would something. I'd be able to raise the, something. He'd give me some kind of power that would prove to you beyond question of a doubt that God spoke to me. But so many people today in the world, take the Pope, for example. How many people does he speak to? When the Pope sits on his throne and speaks an ex cathedra is what it's called, what you're listening to is the voice of God himself coming out of that person. When he speaks that way, you're listening to God speaking, using His voice to communicate with people. Now, how many people believe God is still speaking to men today? You're talking about a lot of people when you talk about Roman Catholicism. In the Protestant world, it's more body. There are uh, there are people around men around uh, who take advantage of. Uh, mostly unlearned people, and claim to speak for God. There's a guy on TV that does it all the time. Uh, He'll send you a little water, or a little cloth, or something, and you'll be healed by it. But anyway, uh, people still fall for these things today. If you know someone, uh, I've known several in my life that believe such things. Uh, If you know someone, be sure you know how to demonstrate that it's not the case. Okay, uh, verses two through five. Uh, The gospel is the power of God. This is Paul's point. He continues to demonstrate, uh, as he has in verses 17 through 31 of the first chapter, that the gospel does not depend on human wisdom or the philosophy of men for its success. Uh, Think about it. Uh, There are a number of churches today... That if you don't hold at least a master's degree, you can't preach there. Preferably a PhD. But if you don't hold them, you won't preach there because you're unqualified. You know, by that standard, our Lord was unqualified. Paul the Apostle was unqualified. He didn't have a PhD in the gospel unless you, unless you, uh, say that what he received directly from the Holy Spirit uh, qualified him, but these men didn't have Ph.D.s or master degrees. But there's a number of churches today. If you don't have such a degree, uh, you cannot preach the gospel. Uh, down in Jackson, there's several churches that way. That's the only I know. I know one church. Uh, there were four churches there. Uh, they were on four corners <laughs> and uh, one church uh, their ma- their preacher only had a master's degree and the other three had phds so they fired him and brought in someone with a phd uh, that's been about 15 20 years ago I guess now but uh, it, it was all over the preacher news but it was uh, it was sad uh, do they really? believe that divine wisdom is greater than human wisdom? I don't know, I don't know. It sounds funny to me, I don't understand. Why would a preacher or a teacher, why would they have to go to college? Why would they have to go to high school to preach the gospel? If they can read it, if they can understand it, if they can articulate it, what else can you ask for? Why is the rest so important? It's because of the importance people place on human wisdom. Uh, and that's basically what college is all about. It's, uh, it's a very expensive exercise in learning how to think for yourself. That's what I come away with anyway. Verses two, uh, Paul continues the same line of reasoning. He used himself as an example of a teacher of God's word, uh, and this they had witnessed firsthand. Paul had been there. He spent a year and a half with him, and uh, they saw firsthand uh, that he was, in fact, a teacher of God. Uh, he did not use human wisdom. He had it. He was educated as a Pharisee. He was groomed, perhaps, uh for chief priest one day, but uh, he would uh, he would never uh, occupy such a position. I said, chief priest. I meant to head over the Sanhedrin. Uh, he was groomed for high places, uh, but when he preached to the churches, uh, he didn't he didn't speak like a man with his educational attainments would speak. Uh, He pushed that stuff aside. Uh, He didn't speak classical Greek as the other teachers or or Hebrew in many cases. Uh, He spoke uh, Koine Greek, uh, street Greek, what the average people spoke. Uh, He spoke in very simplistic terms. When you read uh, the writings of Paul, uh, except when he's talking about difficult subjects, but when you read the writings of Paul, he uses very simple terminology. Uh, it's obvious he's not trying to shine the light on himself, but rather shine the light on the Christ. Uh, he, didn't, uh, he didn't do anything that would draw attention to himself as a, as a something. He was uh, in Corinth uh, in 52 AD, that's about the time of Acts 18 and 11, I think, and he stayed there for a year and a half. So they knew Paul, a very educated man, full of wisdom or full of education. <laughs> and uh, it didn't show in his preaching and teaching. I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. There's a preacher here one time holding the gospel meeting. Uh, I'll never forget because it uh, pierced the daylights out of me. But uh, we were over there eating a meal, that's back when we ate in the annex. And uh, he said, you know something? I said, what? He said, you have got to learn how to use the English language. I said, well, well, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you've got to learn how to use the English language. People today are much more intelligent than they were years ago. He said, the way you talk, he said, it doesn't work today. You, you've got to learn how to speak to people uh, intelligently. And, I mean, I'm just sitting there just melting all over the place. Uh, this guy, I, I didn't care that much for him, but he was supposed to be somebody, and uh, he was telling me basically that I was too dumb uh, to preach or teach, and I needed to learn how to talk. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe I was in the same category as Paul. He said, "I didn't come to you with excellence of speech or wisdom. When I declared to you the testimony of God, uh, I spoke uh, mano a mano to you. Uh, I spoke your language." This was one of the complaints the sophisticated at Corinth would level against the apostle. His uh, his speaking was uh, he was a dummy, the way he spoke. In chapter ten, verse ten of Second Corinthians, uh, he's he's writing about what they're saying about him at Corinth, his uh, opposition, uh, Christian opposition, so-called Christian opposition. His letters, they say, they are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech is contemptible. That's basically what that preacher told me that day. Your 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 speech is contemptible, and. Uh, I was embarrassed for, I don't know, two or three minutes, I suppose. I shook it off. I don't mind being what I am. Uh, in First Corinthians 9.22, Paul said, I become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. I have become all things to all men. Uh, he, he spoke to people from where they were. Uh, if, if it was going to be a king, he could talk to him. If it was gonna be a fisherman, he could talk to him. Whoever he was talking to, uh, he became what they were in a sense. I don't like to say broke it down to somebody's level. Let me say uh, raising it up to somebody's level uh, using uh, the sophisticated language. Uh, He didn't do that unless he was talking to such a person I don't to me it seems like that's what we ought to do today as teachers of the Bible. We ought to, we ought to talk uh, to people uh, just from where they are and just from where we should be. And we would be if we weren't puffed up. I determined not to know, don't think I hate people' education. i went to school most of my life. I don't hate education. Mm-hmm. Uh, it helps uh, in some ways. But uh, I've seen a lot of people, preachers too, who let it go to their heads, and that's bad. That's real bad when that happens. When a person gets to the point that they're too smart to talk to somebody else, they're in trouble. They are in serious trouble because of their attitude, their their self-worth, and it shouldn't be that way. And I feel sorry for them. I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That was his subject material. He stuck with the scriptures. That doesn't mean he didn't talk about relevant things of the day, of course he did. He talks about them all the time through his letters. But uh, the subject, the focus was uh, on the Lord Jesus. The uh, peripheral things such as goings on in the community or the government or whatever, those things that he used, he used as illustrations of the uh, problems of the time and, uh, to uh, illustrate what he was trying to get across to him. <clears throat> I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. Uh, I was in Corinth when the church was young. I, I, I know what you went through, how difficult it was, all the obstacles in your way, because they were in my way also. My speech, my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. That's not what I did. I I declared the gospel, that's all I did. Uh, I told you the words that Jesus told me to tell you. This is what he's trying to get across. What's going on? They've got preachers in Corinth now who uh, are are educated and and high-minded. And they're they're speaking great swelling words And, and the people the people ooh and ah because somebody important is standing in the pulpit, somebody important in the community. Maybe he's a doctor, maybe he's a lawyer, maybe he's a millionaire, whatever. People tend to get weak need around well-known or famous people. Uh, they kinda cater to them uh, in a way, treating them special. And people that's treated special that way sometimes start believing they are special. Uh, this is what's happening, and these people are, are challenging Paul. Why would you listen to Paul when, when you could listen to me? He was a dummy. Look at me, I've got my doctorate. And you're gonna, you're gonna take the, the words of uh, uh, ignoramus over someone that's achieved my accomplishments? Paul was facing the, the same problems any person, any teacher today would face. Well, we think, well, he was the Apostle Paul. That's not the way they looked at him. They didn't look at him that way. He was a, he was a preacher or a teacher. I don't know how much they thought of him as a preacher, but they thought of him as a teacher. That's what he did. He taught the gospel. Uh, sometimes he, he was what you'd call a preacher. Uh, he went out and proclaimed the good news of Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Uh, but for the most part, Paul was just a teacher. He was a rabbi. Okay? Nothing special. Nothing special. And then you got some guy comes along with a Harvard degree, and everybody gets weak need. Oh, brother so-and-so is with us. And all of a sudden, he becomes, his voice becomes more powerful than the voice of the ignorant Paul. Okay, this is what he's talking about. A lot of folks have shut down listening to Paul because we've got intelligence on our side. We've got men who can talk to the philosophers of the day. These are the intelligent people. These are the people we covet. My speech, my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, you know that, I was with you. Now look at me and look at what you got now. Can you tell the difference? How much gospel do these eloquent speakers actually tell you? Well it's really not about the gospel so much, it's about other things. But not so much about the gospel. not in persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and the power. He had uh, the miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit. He had nine gifts that he possessed and he could do a multitude of things. You got an eloquent speaker, you've got an apostle who has all nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Why are you listening to the eloquent man? Why is the eloquent man getting your attention? Why would you listen to these people? Yeah, this guy's a philosopher. He's a well-known philosopher. He's a well-known psychologist, a psychiatrist. He speaks great swelling words about how you can be a better you. The ABCs of becoming all you can be, whatever you wanna call it. Why are people listening to them when you could listen to what God has said? And it happens so much today. Why? did he take the low road so your faith should not be in the wisdom of men but in the power of God Paul could have spoken that kind of language he could have been a, he, he could have used human philosophy he was certainly qualified but he didn't do it why it's not about Paul it's about the Lord Jesus it's about God the Father uh, that you would focus on them and not on a mere man but it it just doesn't work that way all the time. It just doesn't work that way all the time. A number of years ago, uh, B.R. and I, uh, we went somewhere with a friend of ours, uh, him and his wife. I don't even remember what it was called, where we went. But we went to this place and uh, they, uh, they produced a series of books and uh, these books are supposed to help you be all you can be make a better person out of you he wanted us to go with him so we went with him it lasted two or three days i don't remember but uh while we were there uh i never i never heard so much psychobabble babble my whole life i mean it was a lot of nothing at the end of the day there was nothing I, I'm, not, I'm not being facetious that there was nothing about being a better person. It was a bunch of psychobabble. And uh, the people that were already members of it, they were just oohing and aahing over what these folks were saying. And then finally, the guy who's the head of this outfit, he's gonna show up and they come out there and say, so-and-so is in his plane. He's fixing to come in. He's gonna be, I think we are in Kentucky or something, He's gonna be arriving here, at such and such. And everybody just went crazy. It was almost like God himself was gonna enter the building. And I'm starting to get a little freaked out by now. I don't, these people are nuts. But uh, we spent the whole weekend there. Anyway, it's over, we're back at home. Uh, I'm happy once again. I was down there busting wood by my wood pile. And uh, the guy, one of the guys who was uh, somebody in this organization uh, he came over to the house one day, I knew him, knew him all my, well, all my Tennessee life. Uh, he came to me and he said, uh, what do you think about uh, going out with me and uh, selling these books to other people? I forgot, it was two, three, four hundred dollars it cost, which was a lot of money. And uh, I, he got then I said, "Why, why would I try to tell my friends and neighbors Uh, to buy these books and to spend all this money on these books. He said, well, it'll help him to be uh, a better person. And I had a Bible in my back pocket, it was a New Testament actually, and I pulled it out of my back pocket and I said, Danny, all I gotta do is give them this and they're gonna have more information about how to become a better person than they could have in those books times a hundred. I said, why would I go to my neighbors and friends and try to sell them something that I know isn't going to help them when I could give this book away for free? And uh, he was a brother in Christ. He uh, he hung his head down and uh, he said, yeah, you're right. And uh, he turned around and he left. Uh, I don't know what it is about things like that, that excite people so much. Yes, Jeff? It was, and you know another thing about that, after that fellow, I think he spoke for like an hour and a half or something, and when he got done, all the newspapers were filled with his speech, and uh, they were uh, mocking uh, Lincoln, what we call now the Gettysburg Address, they were mocking it because I think you could read it in just so many minutes. minutes. Yeah, and uh, they were mocking this man, all these eloquent words, and Lincoln with his Gettysburg Address. And today, I don't know that guy's name either. I forgot it too. And I I forgot what he said. Not that I really ever cared. But I I do know the Gettysburg Address. (laughs) Why, Why do people freak out that way? I don't get it. I honestly don't. Adolf Hitler, he did the same thing. He blew people's minds. He had a, a, an oratory skill that was uh, in, in a class of its own at the time. And he, he just wowed the German people. And they ultimately l- let him get away with all the atrocities that he committed. These weren't bad people. These weren't murderous people. Uh, they would never approve of such things. But at the time, the man hitler uh he had their attention it, i don't know why it happens i know it does but i don't understand why for the life of me he yeah, had Yeah, that's what, everybody everybody fell into it. It's and now every TV preacher is doing exactly the same thing. They're telling the lie long enough, and America's believing it. It's all about becoming a the. When you reach the status of a the, um you got the people's attention. Uh Paul didn't reach that status. It's not in his lifetime. He's a the now. But in his lifetime, he was not. Uh, I, it, it makes me sad. It's not jealousy. I promise you it's not jealousy. Uh, I, I know what the consequences are. and I would call it heartbreak, not jealousy. Okay, let's move forward. Timothy and Titus, uh, keep in mind, uh, especially when you study those two letters, three letters, uh, they were written to preachers, for preachers, okay? Now, there's a lot of information in those letters that help us, too. But remember what Paul's intent was. He was writing to the preacher Timothy. He was writing to the preacher Titus, okay? Uh, let's look at a couple of things he said. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Generally, uh, people like me, we make a, 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 a broadcast to everybody. This is to everybody. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, who is he writing to? He's writing to a preacher. And he's writing about preachers. Okay? It's the same thing when you get over chapter 6, and he talks about the love of money. We make a, a, a general broadcast over the whole brotherhood. But who is Paul speaking about? Speaking about preachers and the love of money that they may have. And it makes them do all sorts of sinful things. Okay? Now, does it apply to all of us? Well, it does, yes. It's, it's, a, it's a problem that we can be hit by as well. But his primary focus is on the preacher-teacher. Okay? And that's what he's talking about here. The spirit expressly or clearly says that in the latter days, some teachers will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. They're going to depart from the faith. Why? Because they're going to pay attention to deceiving spirits, whether, I don't think it was a a demonic spirit. I think it was a human spirit that uh, convinced gospel preachers, faithful preachers who listened to these false teachers. These faithful preachers were persuaded by the false teachers, and because they were persuaded by the false teachers, they departed the faith, they left the faith. And these doctrines of demons, uh, teachings uh, that you might say came out of the pit of hell, anything that contradicts the pure gospel is a doctrine that comes out of the pit of hell its design its intention its purpose and its ultimate triumph is going to be sending souls to hell anytime a doctrine opposes the doctrine of christ it is like picking up a a stick of lit dynamite it can blow up in your face and destroy you some teachers a lot of big brotherhood some of our brethren are going to depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. They're gonna speak lies then in hypocrisy. They know, they know it's not what the Bible teaches. They've been taught what the Bible, what the Lord says. They know what the Lord says, but they're going to play the hypocrite and they're going to speak what these other speakers are speaking because they wanna be popular like these other preachers are popular. So they're they're gonna be the hypocrite They're gonna put on a false face. And ultimately, they'll have their consciences seared with a a hot iron. Eventually, they'll get to the point where it doesn't trouble them. At first, it troubled them to go and say that a person is saved by faith only. Uh, That was was troubling to the gospel preacher because he knew it wasn't right, and it bothered him. And he was playing the role of the hypocrite. But after he, he, he did it so many times He got to the point where it didn't bother him anymore. He could get up there and preach such things and his conscience would be unviolated, okay? That's what Paul's saying. They speak lies and hypocrisy. Their consciences ultimately are seared with a hot iron. Now he goes down to verse 13 when he summarizes this, speaking again to Timothy, now till I come, give attention to reading, exhortation to doctrine. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the preacher, remember? That's the primary subject of his writing is the preacher slash teacher. Meditate on these things, Timothy. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. It's a letter to preachers, teachers about preachers and teachers. And these are some of the pitfalls they get themselves into. All preachers are not like Paul just because a man's a preacher. That doesn't mean he's a preacher like Paul. He might be a preacher of a different sort. Yeah, but he he preaches for a church of Christ. That's another thing we gotta get over, folks. This church of Christ stuff. The church of Christ is nothing more than a denomination in the minds of many people, and that's sad. That's unfortunate. It should not be that way. The church of Christ is not a denomination. It's not a sect. The church of Christ, the church that Christ built, I should say, is is an entity within itself. It is universal in its uh, construction. We are not the Church of Christ in the sense of being a denomination. And so many times the way we throw those words around, people think we are a denomination. And that's sad. It shouldn't be that way. We're the church. We're the church that Jesus built. Well, what's the name of your church? It doesn't have a name. The Lord just said we were the church or the body of Christ, or the family of God. He didn't assign us a name like Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian. If he didn't assign us a name, we shouldn't assign one to ourselves. But see, we get it in our minds. If, if if it's a Church of Christ, the building says Church of Christ, when I walk in, everything is going to be copacetic. When I go in, the preacher is going to preach nothing but the gospel. Why? Because it says Church of Christ above the doorway. That doesn't mean anything. It might truly be a church that belongs to Christ. It might not. I've left more than one church in my day when I went in and found out it wasn't what I thought it was. Uh, And we should understand these things. You of all people need to understand these things because it's very important. And that's what Paul is pointing out to Timothy. Uh, Everything isn't what it seems to be. Uh, you have to be uh, wise as a serpent and yet be harmless as a dove. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 through 5, when he writes his final letter to Timothy, Paul warned, The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine any longer. Who's he writing to? Preachers, teachers. We generally apply it to the masses. He's writing to the preacher, teacher, primarily. Now, peripherally, it applies for all of us. But primarily, he's talking about the preacher slash teacher. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. And according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. They will turn their ears away from the truth, be turned aside to fables. But you, preacher, be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry when the preacher or teacher, uh, when he departs from the faith, and if the church doesn't take a stand, then it's only a matter of time before the church becomes what the preacher is. He's the mouth, he's the one everybody's listening to. And what he says is gonna become everybody's belief. That's why you gotta make sure that the mouth is saying what the mouth is supposed to say, and not saying something different. Because when it starts talking differently, It's only a matter of time before we'll have a problem in the church that will ultimately lead to division. Uh, I meant to get farther than that. I'm sorry. Uh, We'll stop here and, God willing, uh, take up next week.